Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Week 3 of the Saratoga Meet is in the books, and Week 4 is underway. Week 4 is highlighted by the running of the Traverse Stakes on Saturday. It's earlier in the meet, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the first two legs of the Triple Crown, the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, were shifted from their normal May dates. The Kentucky Derby will take place September 5th, which meant the Traverse had to be moved from its normal last Saturday in August. Uh, Later on, we'll speak with Jack Knowlton, managing partner of Sacatoga Stable, which owns the Traverse favorite, Tis the Law. But first, let's get to our man at the track, Gazette sports writer Mike McAdam. Uh, Mike, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ken. It's a beautiful sunny day here today on Wednesday at Saratoga. Um, But of course, there's nobody here. (laughs) Considering how bad the weather was yesterday, it's a good thing they didn't race it all on Tuesday. Yeah, and... um, uh, the, you know the races that were scheduled on the turf were taken off, but in the meantime, the you know the renovation work New York Racing Association did in the off season um, really paid a dividend today because the track, uh, the main track, was fast uh, right from the get go. So the new drainage they put in there clearly is uh, doing what it's supposed to do because they got um, pounded with well everybody got pounded by rain on uh, Tuesday and it was an all day soaker and the track handled it uh, beautifully by all accounts. So. Um, so that that was encouraging to see. Well, let's uh, quickly look back at week three. What was the highlight for you of week three? Last week? Yep. Um, the low light kind of was the Whitney just because, you know, there was so much anticipation to see. You know, it was only five-horse field, but, um, you know, a lot of people wanted to see how the race would play out because it was an interesting field, a good field, and then Tom State taught, um, you know, blew a tire right out of the starting gate and his race was over one stride into it which was really disappointing to see um you know we also had an upset of, of sorts when midnight v um got beat in the personal ensign so um i mean it was an inter- interesting weekend um and week overall but kind of like it, it'll be forever stamped with the um you know those two things happening, and you know you can't win them all. So midnight Bisou losing wasn't the end of the world. But you, you, as a friend of mine said, you felt cheated on the, with the actual Whitney itself because you really wanted to see how Tom's Day Ta would do against those tough horses, and you just were t- utterly deprived of that when he, you know, blew that tire right out of the starting gate. There's no explanation for it. Um, he, he was a perfect gentleman in the starting gate. He didn't get banged up in the stall or anything. Um, um, you know, the, the winner improbable was, was acting like a goofball and reared in the starting gate and was causing all kinds of commotion. But Tom State was just sitting out there, you know, just patiently waiting. And then the, the gates were finally open and he just took this weird stumble step right out of the gate and spotted the field like four lengths or whatever. It was impossible to, against those good horses for him to make it up. So anyway, that was disappointing just because even if he didn't ultimately win, uh, you know, I mean, I picked him and I thought he was going to win, but even if he didn't, it would have been nice to see that scenario play out the way, you know, have it be decided, you know, on the track with everybody getting, uh, you know, a fair start and, and he just like, 
basically gave it away right at the start there. It was really kind of disappointing to, uh, to see that. Okay, let's look ahead now to Saturday. And, of course, the Traverse Stakes, uh, normally, the, uh, I was, you know, as you mentioned, uh, usually the last Saturday of August, but we're here. We're doing it a little early because of uh, the pandemic. And uh, the draw took place on Wednesday in Law, the even-money favorite coming out of the six-hole. Uh, your thoughts about that? Um, even money seems about right against uh, who he's facing. Five to two second choices, Uncle Chuck from uh, that Bob Baffert shipped out here from California. Um, so it was kind of an interesting field. It's a little on the short side, but you know the circumstances and everything with the with the pandemic and the the Kentucky Derby changing their schedule and positioning themselves first Saturday in September kind of forced uh, Naira's hands to, to move the Travers to where it is. Now, tis the law, you know, post position shouldn't really be a hindrance for anybody in this race with eight-horse field. I mean, there's a pretty long run. Uh, they'll do a mile and an eighth, which is essentially one lap of the main track. So there's pretty pretty good run going into that first turn. So no one's really going to be disadvantaged by their post position. That said, trainer Barkley Tag um, was happy to see him kind of in the middle and more a little to the outside, um, just so that he doesn't, you know, with his running style, he's not going to be on the lead to begin with, um, but he'll be stalking whoever does lead. And uh, so if he's kind of a little more on the outside, um, Jackie Manny Franco can kind of pick his spot and pick his positioning into the first turn, and um, he'll, he'll have some options and some flexibility of like how many paths off the rail he wants to be so um no complaints really from anybody on the post position uh we got an eight horse field a couple long shot bombs in here the um you know the the obvious favorite is the law the interesting baffert horse uncle chuck who um should be feared i believe coming off his uh he's only run twice but you know his, his most recent one was a pretty big win in the los alamitos derby and Baffert has a tendency to send good horses out to this race. Um, so uh, we got Country Grammar, the Peter Pan winner, and um, where's my second place? Oh, Caracaro uh, was second place finisher in the Peter Pan behind Country Grammar. So those two are coming back off the, you know, from opening day three weeks later. Um, this horse first line is an interesting 30 to one long shot because he just broke his maiden 10 days ago and, and they're throwing him into the Travers. But these insane people, uh, Orlando Nota, the trainer who just won again on Wednesday and was made his voice well heard among the few couple, whatever, you know, 50 or hundred people that are here watching and, uh, really makes commotion. He won his fifth race of the meet. So I, Based on these guys coming out of nowhere, he's only been a head trainer for like a year. He's 31 years old, throwing this first line uh, horse who just won his maiden. You know, who knows? <laughs> but um, it, it is a, quite an ambitious jump for them to go straight from the maiden race into a great one million dollar tractor. Yeah. So um, I don't have high expectations for him. It's just kind of interesting curveball that he's in there. Obviously, Tesla, you know, the, the favor as we said, uh, Sacatoga Stable. Uh, unfortunately for them, in 2003, Funny Side couldn't race in, in the in the uh, Travers because of illness. But how much do you think this means to Sacatoga Stable uh, to have Tislaw have a chance to win this race? It's huge. Uh, you know, there's 35 partners in this horse, and about 
10 or 12 of them are, are local people, including Jack Knowlton, who, um, you know, originally is from Sackets Harbor up near, you know, up in the Thousand Islands, but has, you know, relocated a long time ago to Saratoga. And, I mean, this is the local horse. It's local people own him. Um, he's a New York bred, just like Funny Side was. So this is like a race that they really want to, win, especially since they were deprived of at least having a shot. That, that's, that's, Jack has said, and he can speak for himself you know, later, but um, he said the biggest disappointment is you know, not getting beat in the Travers, but not even ever having a chance to run in it, which is you know, really heartbreaking for them because you know, they had a good horse of funny side, won the Derby in the Preakness, and, and uh, came in third in the Belmont to Empire Maker, and you know, really, not only were we deprived of uh, funny side running in it, but it was going to be a great rematch between him and Empire Maker, who had, you know, faced each other in the Derby in the Belmont, and also, um, you know, one of the Derby prep races, the Wood Memorial, and so there was really kind of a cool rivalry thing going on there, and then we didn't get to see either of them, but, you know, as far as the local Sacatoga people, yeah, this is, this is, um, this is one that they really have been chasing for a long time, but they just don't really usually get horses that are good enough to run in it so um uh yeah this is a really big deal for them just because it's local local boy made good and and uh a track that means a lot or a race that means a lot to them now you've written a lot about the breezes that uh Tibbs law has had and it seems like all the breezes have been great is there a concern maybe that it's been too good and it could maybe it's over preparation or maybe i, I you know what's your thoughts about that no, that's, I mean, that's a good question, but here's the deal. And, and Erica and Miller, our, our wonderful photographer, and I were there at uh, shortly after 5 a.m. on Saturday last week for his last, you know, big serious breeze. And the three workouts that we've seen, the, the, the beautiful part about it is they didn't ask him to do a lot. They just let him, you know, kind of go along at his own pace. And, and so, I mean, if they were really aggressively urging him to, you know, to post a really fast um time for those works that would have constituted over preparation but if anything everything's been flawless they don't overdo it with him they give him his um half hour hour or so to graze in the grass and be a horse in the afternoon every day and um he does whatever they ask him to do and and so the, the preparation couldn't be more perfect um you know and i mean even if you look at the you know his times um beautiful thing isn't that they're really fast but the thing is they're, they're very consistent like the first two that we saw that they just want him to go in a minute and the exercise rider heather smallen is, is able to get him to just get in his rhythm and get in his groove and just very metronome you know the 12 second furlongs and and uh so like the first one the of the three that we've seen up here they wanted to go in a minute he went 59 and change and the second one, he went a minute and three tenths, and then last Saturday he went fifty nine ninety four. So he's doing exactly what they want him to do, and uh, and are asking him to do. So really, now it's just don't step on a rock or something between now and Saturday, and just get him in the starting gate and let him do his thing. He should love the distance. Um, you know, he he was kind of a little bit dialed down at the end of the Belmont, which was a mile and an eighth. You know, that was an, an accommodation to the pandemic. How it you know, killed everybody's schedule trying to figure out, you know, what's what stakes races to run in and um this will be a mile and a quarter this time, but the way you know the way he finished in the, the Belmont, you know, 
mile and a quarter is not going to be an issue at all with this horse. One horse you wrote about this week, Mike, was Country Grammar. Obviously, the unusual spelling of grammar, E-R instead of yeah. A-R. But uh, talk about uh, this horse and maybe its its potential in, in the Travers. He's pretty interesting. I mean, he's still improving. As Chad Brown, the trainer, mentioned, he's a Mayfole, which is a little on the late side, which means he's maybe a couple months behind on the rest of the, most of the other horses in his class. So he's still kind of figuring things out a little bit. Um, he has improved. Um, you know, he won the Peter Pan, um, not like super convincingly, but he, he was professional about it. Um, and he's another one that should like the extra um, uh, eighth of a mile, the mile and a quarter in the Travers. Now, none of these guys have ever done it before, so we don't know until they do. But, um, you know, his sire is Tonalist, who won the Belmont when it was, you know, when it was his usual distance of a mile and a half. So Chad Brown is, is not worried about the, um, the distance of the race at all. He thinks a mile and a quarter actually fits in pretty good for him. What other races can we expect on Saturday besides the Travers? Well, primarily the one you're going to want to look at is the test, the grade one, seven furlong for three-year-old fillies, because there's a, there's a filly who's like one stall over John Terranova's barn for Baffert uh, named Gamine, and when she blew the doors off in whatever state, I can't remember which stakes race she was in last time, but... Um, I mean, she blew them away. There are there some rumblings and whispers of, like, maybe she'll take on males at some point. That's how convincingly she won it. Now, they're not going to do that, but um, she's one that we're really looking forward to. Um, she she and Uncle Chuck came in on the plane on uh, sometime late Tuesday. Um, so that, that would primarily be the one. I mean, they do have a couple other stakes races, but, you know, Whitney Day was kind of a little more stacked with stuff. So I, I think most of the focus... You know, it's going to be on the Travers uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, interesting column you wrote in the Monday's Gazette, which appeared on the uh, main cover, the A section, uh, the headline being Saratoga being Saratoga in a vacuum. It's, I know we talked about this last week, but it just it still amazes me that in the pandemic, everything's just going, you know, everything's in chaos. Saratoga is still Saratoga. And I mean, people in another great all-source handle, uh, people are watching it. People are betting. And it just, it just amazes me that uh, it's, it's, it's like Teflon. It's just nothing affects it. Everything just slides off. Yeah, it does speak to the brand power of, of Saratoga. And I've talked to people who have, you know, wanted to be here but couldn't but watched it on TV. And they said, you know, really – if you're betting at home and you're watching it on TV, it's it's not that much different. It's just that, you know, when they're not running is when it's weird and different. But when the race actually starts, it doesn't seem that much different than, you know, what it was like in the past. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the brand is so powerful that people are still going to bet it. The racing has been great. Um, you know, the track has been very safe on the horses. Um, you know, we've seen some pretty cool things. Now, that said, Travers Day is a day that you expect certain, um, you know, certain conditions to be in place that make it, you know, a little more challenging, like the traffic and the crowd fighting the crowd and everything. So Travers is going to be different. It, like it's going to kind of remind you of what you know what you're missing here because Travers Day, you know, they they open the doors at six thirty or whatever it is in the morning, and you, you know you've got the 
you know, the uh, Black Friday scramble for picnic tables and, and uh, just that madhouse. I mean, I've, I've pulled out of the track on the Friday before, you know, the night before the Travers at like 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night when I'm done. And there's already like a couple dozen people with sleeping bags and blankets like lined up wow. on the sidewalk outside the front gate. And they're pulling an all-nighter outdoors just to be able to get in there and get their picnic table. So a lot of the trappings of what you expect the Travers to be aren't going to be in place. And so, you know, we experienced that a little bit when we went down and covered the Belmont Stakes and tis the law, you know, one by four and a quarter lengths or whatever it was. And if there had been a normal Belmont crowd there, you know, you'd be like one of those moments where you get a chill up your spine because the crowd, you know, responds so well. And it's the same thing on Travers Day. I mean, just when they walk out and during the post parade before the race, you can feel the charge like go up in the crowd and people are, you know, rustling around and getting noisy and getting, you know, anticipation of the big race. And, and then they get in the starting gate and the crowd starts roaring and, you know, all that stuff is going to be gone and missing. And it's, you know, that's when it's going to hit you is on a day like Travers. I mean, by now we're, we've been here every day. This is like the 15th racing day. And you're just kind of like, yep, okay, well, this, how it's going to be again today and you just don't even really think about it but i think travers day it's it's definitely going to hit it's going to seem strange all over again who's your pick in the travers well i gotta go with the big horse tis the law i mean everything has been flawless i know that's the easy call but it, it's an easy call for a reason he has not done anything wrong distance should be right in his wheelhouse um i mean i would be a little nervous about uncle chuck out of the rest of them in there, especially because Baffert has a tendency to come in here and, with really good horses and, and win the big ones. Um, so I would be a little nervous about Uncle Chuck, but tis the law. There's just no, he checks all the boxes, and there's no real flaw that you can point to and say, well, you know, the post position might hurt him, or maybe it's the two distances too long, or or the jack is inexperienced. I mean, none of those things exist. So sometimes the best horse is just the best horse, and that's who you have to pick. Now, as a money-making proposition, it might this might be one to just sit out and, and, and watch and, you know, just admire the horse and, and however the other, you know, horses in the field do against him. Um, if, you know, it might not, probably not going to be the best betting proposition on the planet, but that's okay, too. We, we get another chance to see this horse run. Um, but like I said, sometimes the best horse is just the best horse and twist yourself in all kinds of pretzels trying to look for a live long shot and, and you know, and maybe there is one, but they really have a tall order to beat this horse. He's, he's that good. I'll be the smarty pants and take Uncle Chuck. How's that? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> you want me to put five on him for you? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're only going to pay like... You know, he's only going to pay seven bucks. So, I mean, if I put five on him, that'll be like less than 20 bucks back your way. But, you know, money's money. You know. That's right. <laughs> Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. All right, I'll put five to win on it for you. All right, appreciate that, Mike. Uh, we'll do this again no next problem. week. Have, we'll follow Mike's coverage on Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam. Mike McAdam, thanks again. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Talk right. to you next week. All right, thanks. That's Mike McAdam. Up next, I'll speak with Sakatoga Stable Managing Partner, Jack Knowlton. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud.
Saratoga Horse Racing fans. Want a chance to win a $50 gift certificate? Then play the Daily Gazette Saratoga Pick 7. Pick your horses to score the most points in the first seven races at Saratoga Racetrack. The winner receives a $50 gift certificate to either an area eating establishment, hardware store, golf course, bookstore, or wine and liquor store. To see the list of establishments participating, pick up a copy of the Daily Gazette. To play, go to pick7.dailygazette.com and make your picks 15 minutes before post time the day of the race. The Saratoga Pick 7 contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports writer Mike McAdam. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast as we continue our Travers preview coverage. I'd like to welcome the managing partner of Sacatoga Stable, which owns Tis the Law. Here is Jack Knowlton. Jack, uh, thank you for your time and welcome to the podcast. Uh, happy to be on. Well, I appreciate it. Um, you, you mentioned I mentioned Funny Side earlier in, in the uh, in the t- brought uh, the telecast here, a uh, podcast. Um, your horse and your group was the talk of uh, the 2003 horse racing season. Uh, Funny Side won the first two legs of the Triple Crown, and your group traveled by school bus. Unfortunately, illness kept Funny Side out of the Travers that year. Um, did you think you would get another shot at the, at the Travers? Uh, you know, hope springs eternal, but, uh, you know, with, uh, the horses that we buy, the, the amount of money that we typically spend, and of course there are always New York brats, I didn't, uh, you know, have it on a, a risk of things that I expected would happen. What makes, uh, Tis Law so special? Well, he runs fast and wins. That's, uh, really the, the best way I can describe it. He, uh, you know, has been, you know, a tremendous horse from his maiden win at Saratoga last year. We had one bump in the road when he caught a, an off track and uh, a, a tough trip in uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club. But other than that, uh, he's just been spectacular. And, uh, you know, he's he's won his races this year comfortably. I think the smallest margin of victory is about three and a quarter, three and a half lengths. So we're... Uh, we're real pleased. We we think that uh, he's a horse on his breeding and on his performance to date. Uh, he wants a classic distance of a mile and a quarter. In fact, Barkley was so confident uh, about him able to get a distance of ground, he was complaining that they shouldn't have changed the Belmont to a mile and an eighth. He wanted a mile and a half. Yeah, reading Mike uh, McAdams' uh, articles on the, the uh, breezes that uh, Tizlaw had, it seems like Law. Has been running well in the breezes. Uh, how happy are you with that? And uh, do you think uh, he's ready to go on on Saturday? Well, I'm very happy. I mean, he does it just effortlessly. Kind of glides over the racetrack, and uh, you know, I've heard uh, you know some commentators. People have a lot more expertise than I do. Like Richie Migliori says, you know, you watch him and you think he's you know going a couple of seconds slower than he is, but. Uh, he really is uh, taken to this new track here at Saratoga. I think Naira's done a fabulous job. I was out there this morning, and after all the rain that we had yesterday, uh, the track early this morning was so good that Barkley worked two sets of horses uh, first thing in the morning. So, you know, I think that uh, he's coming into this race as good as he could. He's had three really, really strong breezes here at Saratoga. 
he's a horse that uh, you know hasn't been over raced this year. He's only had three races, and we're looking forward to uh, going a mile and a quarter on Saturday. What would a win in the Travers mean to you? Well, I've lived in Saratoga 36 years, so from that perspective, being a, a hometown uh, guy, uh, that would be for me personally very rewarding. Uh, you know, for the horse uh, to have that on his resume that he won the Midsummer Derby, be the only horse that uh, could do that, and then go into the Kentucky Derby as a as a favorite and in all likelihood having already run the mile and a quarter classic distance. So that's important. And I think, uh, you know, for Barkley Tag, I mean, this is a race that Barkley has been you know, very vocal about the fact that uh, he would love to win this race. It's, uh, you know, another one of the, the biggest races in New York, really the only one that Barkley hasn't won for three-year-olds. He's, you know, won the Wood Memorial a couple times. We won the Belmont this year. We won the Champagne as a two-year-old last year with kids. And if we could check this box, winning the, Travis at Saratoga, I think he'd have all the big three-year-old races covered. You mentioned Barkley Tag. I'll ask you uh, about him. What has he meant to you? Well, he's meant everything. I mean, from uh, the day that uh, we spoke on the phone and uh, I asked him if he'd be willing to take a couple of New York bed horses that we had that weren't doing very well from a trainer that wasn't doing very well. history. I mean, Barkley and Robin uh, had just gotten together back in, uh, you know, 2000, and he became, you know, not only a trainer, but uh, a bloodstock advisor. And, uh, you know, he found Funny Side for us, and, uh, you know, also uh, found Tim. So I've just kind of, I, I guess, been, I like to think I've been smart enough to, to know what I don't know and to you know, just depend upon Barkley and Robin because they have many, many decades of expertise and experience. Yeah. Tis the law in uh, Wednesday's uh, uh, post-position draw got the sixth uh, post-position. Are you happy with that? Very happy. Uh, you know, Barkley had said, you know, anything between three and six he would be uh, be happy with. I think that, uh, you know, we like the fact that, uh, you know, Chivalry and uh, Uncle Chuck are inside us. Uh, so he should be able to get the kind of stalking trip that uh, he's been able to work out in three races this year. We know that's what he likes. And uh, Manny Franco now has a lot of experience with him, and he knows what uh, what to do with Tiz. He knows, you know, what the horse can do. And I think, uh, you know, if he runs the kind of race that we expect him to, I think, uh, he's got a big chance to win on Saturday. Obviously, uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic, everything in the world is thrown into chaos, and that includes the uh, Triple Crown Series. As we mentioned, Tislaw won the Belmont Stakes back in June, and what turned out to be the first leg of this year's Triple Crowns, we know that the Belmont's used the last one. Uh, how good was it to win the Belmont with the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness Stakes coming up in the next two months? Oh, I mean, it's tremendous. Uh, you know, the, the way the world is upside down uh, for racing uh, this year, uh, if you've got any chance to, you know, win a Triple Crown, you got to win uh, the first one, and, and it was Belmont. So, you know, we're, we're the only one standing that has a chance to do that. Uh, 
you know, as difficult as we know that it is, particularly since we lived through it with Sunnyside. But, uh, you know, I think uh, if he's able to continue on, if we can win the Travers, that gives us, uh, you know, I think a, a real positive uh, feeling going into to the Kentucky Derby. We know how difficult that is. It's, uh, you know, presumably 20 horses are certainly uh, close to that. Uh, they're going to be in the starting gate. And so much of that is not only do you have a good horse, but you get a good trip. But, you know, he's been able to work work it out with, uh, with Manny on him. And, uh, you know, we'll take it a race at a time. But uh, Travers, uh, even before the pandemic hit, that was always circled as one of the must-do races for him as a three-year-old. Uh, you were not able to be at the Belmont Ford Tis the Law uh, victory. Uh, you had a watch party, but you're going to be able to be at Saratoga to watch the Travers. Uh, is there, there going to be a watch party for those who can't be at the track? There's, uh, there is a watch party, and uh, we've been in the embassy suites. They've uh, you know, dedicated uh, half of a ballroom uh, every day to Saratoga Stable and the Tis the Law crowd. Some days we have a lot of people, some days we have a few, but uh, we will uh, have as many as uh, social distancing will allow on Saturday before we go over. Twelve of us get to go over to uh, to the track, and uh, you know we'll have uh, a good crowd, and there'll be, uh, you know, OTB is going to be broadcasting uh, from the Embassy Suites that day. Old friends of Cabin Creek are going to be there, so it'll be a good day, and hopefully we'll... Uh, We'll see a lot of folks. They've got a lot of room inside and outside here that uh, we expect, uh, you know, a big crowd of kids' fans. Final question for you, Jack. I mean, you have been at the track. How strange is it to watch racing without fans there, especially? Oh, I mean, it, it, it's 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 very very strange. Uh, not only you know I've been there twice and we had horses run. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of eerie to say the least, but. You know, I think Naira's done what they could do. They, uh, you know, have some picnic tables with umbrellas that uh, you can sit at and you can, you know, have a, have a drink if you want. And uh, you can also now, I guess, Shake Shack has opened up and they had some other food options before that. And then, you know, four of the, the 12 get to actually go into the paddock and uh, the other ones can, you know, see what's going on because they're right on the rail to the paddock. And then you walk out and, uh, you know, get on the fence and watch your race. So, you know, it's uh, it's very strange, but at least I'm going to get to be able to see the race. I mean, I didn't get to go to Florida Derby, didn't get to go to Belmont. So at least, you know, 12 of our crowd will uh, actually be able to see this race. Yeah. And the one thing I, I mean, I, I, amazes me about Saratoga is the fact that even, things could be wrong in the world and always Saratoga always seems to be above it. I mean, we're seeing record handles on all sources, the money. It's just, it's, it's amazing to me how it seems like everything just is a, you know, just no problems with Saratoga. Everything else could be chaotic, but Saratoga still remains the same. Now, Saratoga's magic. I mean, it's a magic signal. I mean, that's why Naira decided, uh, you know, despite all of the, the challenges and difficulties of, you know, moving everybody up here from Belmont, that it was worth it. And uh, I think David O'Rourke made a good good case when people were, you know, asking him to defend the decision. The numbers speak for themselves. And I think, uh, you know, it's pretty incredible what the, the numbers are that, that are being produced here. And 
nice meet so far. Well, Jack, good luck on Saturday, and thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Sounds good, Jack. That's Jack Knowlton. Uh, Back to wrap up the podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox in just a moment. NASCAR fans, it's time to rev up the engines and play the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Each week during the 36-week racing season, you pick 10 drivers. If you have the week's best point total, you'll receive a $50 Hannaford gift card. If you have the best point total for the season, you'll win a $250 Hannaford gift card. Be part of the fun. Go to dailygazette.com slash autoracing. Get your motor running and play today. Hi, this is Miles Reed, editor of the Daily Gazette. These are difficult times. For most of us, the coronavirus crisis has been a time of unprecedented upheaval, uncertainty, and fear. What does it all mean for our health, our families, our jobs, and our futures? At the Daily Gazette, our journalists have been working tirelessly to answer these questions and many more that have come up during this whole pandemic. How many people have tested positive locally? How many have died? Has anyone died in the local nursing homes? Now, in these difficult times, we're turning to you to support our work by purchasing a subscription or making a donation to help fund our daily efforts. With your support, these are the questions we're continuing to report on. Every day, our reporters and photographers have been working the streets and the phones to answer these critical questions. And every day, they answer the bell with their timely and well-documented reports from the front lines in the region. Behind the scenes, the rest of our editorial team, including our sports writers, copy editors, and digital producers, have been wholly focused on covering the COVID-19 story. During this critical time, everyone here at the paper is working to provide important news and information to keep the community safe and connected. But our ability to serve our community is being threatened by some economic challenges posed by the pandemic. We have stay-at-home orders, business closures, and school shutdowns, and they're contributing to the massive instability in the local business landscape. Despite all of these changes, the Gazette will remain committed to serving the community for many years to come, just as we've been doing unfailingly for the past 125 years. So please go to thedailygazette.com and donate or purchase a subscription to the Daily Gazette. Thank you, be well, and please keep reading. Hi, this is Union Men's Hockey Coach Rick Bennett. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast, keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. Now that the state is reopened, that does not mean you should relax. Keep wearing the face mask while you're out. Be considerate. Be safe. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I'd like to thank Mike McAdam and Jack Knowlton for coming on the show. The Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. 
The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports, be smart, stay safe.